are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how we are live streaming on YouTube after a 34-31 thriller in which the Minnesota Vikings finally, finally get a close game win. Unfortunately for the Green Bay Packers, it comes at their expense. A 34-31 absolute dynamite second half where the Packers defense could not get stops. Perhaps, you know, some will will point out, oh, the injuries. I, I, I don't know how much more you wanted this team to do in this spot. Minnesota played a terrific game. Green Bay did not. Minnesota called a terrific game from start to finish. Green Bay did not. And Minnesota made those 50-50 plays. Green Bay did not. Darnell Savage had three interceptions and ended up with zero interceptions. Now, one of them, Adam Thielen, he makes a great play. Darnell Savage doesn't finish that play. Now, again, Thielen makes the great play, but Savage couldn't. No excuse for this one at the end of the game. With two minutes left, you have the chance to make the game-winning interception, basically, because Aaron Rodgers in the second half was absolutely unbelievable. In fact, starting with that that, uh, second-quarter drive to to close the gap. It was 16-3. It looked like the Packers were down and out. Aaron Rodgers able to lead the squad down the field to make it a 16-10 halftime score. Aaron Rodgers finishes this game 385 yards, four touchdowns, a passer rating up to almost 150. He was spectacular in the second half of this game. The Packers defense couldn't make those plays. And then the one interception that Darnell Savage did complete, that gets called back because Kingsley Kiki tackles Kirk Cousins. It is, by the letter of the law, a penalty. I hate those penalties. Kingsley Kiki is trying to make a play on Kirk Cousins and Cousins, to his credit, okay, and we have to give him credit because he was phenomenal in this game for most of it, those those three plays aside, also had the sack fumble, which the Vikings were able to pounce on. Could have been a big play the other way if they're not able to get on that. The Vikings got a lot of luck, but the Packers, they didn't give themselves the opportunities to be lucky. They didn't come up with those interceptions. They had pre-snap penalties. They had post-snap penalties, hands-to-the-face calls, holding calls. It was it was a sloppy game all the way. And, and that they were still able to put 31 points on a very good Minnesota defense without Aaron Jones, without Alan Lazard, and without Elton Jenkins, who, according to Ian Rappaport, as we we're reporting this, the Packers fear tore his ACL, which is just gutting for him who has been he's been a stalwart I mean I I still think he should be an all pro this year he's been that good you lose that guy now and and suddenly this climb to a Super Bowl becomes much more difficult but the blocking held up in this game against a pass rush that had been getting to the quarterback Aaron Rodgers starts off a little hinky 
not not reading the field cleanly, not making accurate throws. And by the end of the game, it felt like he couldn't be stopped. It felt like when Darnell Savage made that interception that they were going to win this game. But this was not a game where they outplayed their opponent and you felt like they should have won. They had no business winning this game. They did not play well enough to win this game. They just didn't. And that is the unfortunate position that they find themselves in now, eight and three. You had an opportunity with with a lot of stuff going on around them. Remember, we're recording this right after the game, but the Cardinals banged up, no Kyler Murray. The Cowboys banged up, no Amari Cooper for the next two weeks, and or the next two games, I should say. And you, you have the Rams coming to town next week. Now you're banged up. You hope you can get an Alan Lazard back. You hope you can get Aaron Jones back. But you're probably not going to get Jair Alexander back. And the fact that you can't get with, with these corners, you can't get stops against Kirk Cousins, that's a problem. Now, if Darnell Savage makes a couple plays here and there, just, just makes one of those, just the last one, just the last one. If he makes one of the, uh, if, if the interception that gets called back counts, the Packers win this game. And... If Mason Crosby makes that field goal, if Mason Crosby makes that field goal, it's a totally different game. He misses a bunny and the Packers officially have a a kicker problem. They officially have a kicker problem. It is, this is not just a blip. The operation has been the the complaint all season, some bad holds, some, some bad uh, snaps, but the Packers have made changes. They've made tweaks and none of it has mattered. And Mason Crosby does not look confident out there at all. So I think defensively, I mean, you're you're okay. I didn't hate the way that that the Packers approached this. They they played the run well enough in this game. They blitzed Kirk Cousins. They made Kirk Cousins make great plays, and he made some. He made some. Justin Jefferson was unbelievable in this game. Now there were some there were some things that they did that the Packers didn't really have answers for. Put him in the backfield, motioned him out. Something that the Packers have done with Devontae Adams at times when they need him to make a play. Packers didn't really have a counter, and and to be fair, it's just a really hard thing to counter. That's a really hard decision that you're forcing your defense to make because you can't really put a corner on him in a situation like that without revealing that it's man. And even if you do that, he still has a two way go from the slot, which is basically impossible for him to cover. So. It's just a, a, a really great performance by Minnesota that still could have been a win for the Packers if they don't do a couple stupid things. This was the least penalized team in the league coming in, and they have a slew of penalties, all of them setting back drives. It felt like every drive they had a first and 20 or, or they had a second and 15. And you just can't. I mean, eight penalties, 92 yards. This is the least penalized team in the league. That's just, that, those kinds of things are not going to get it done. Green Bay, they couldn't get the turnover. You heard it on the broadcast. The Packers are 27-0 when they get a turnover. I mean, it, it's it's unbelievable what they've been able to do. Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur own this division. One loss in the division, and it was to Minnesota last year in a windstorm. This was their opportunity to seize that one seed and they weren't able to do it for whatever reason. Now, the injuries are are going to come up. But you got to deal with it. Every team has to deal with injuries. And yeah, okay, you get Sidarius Smith back, you get Jerry Alexander back. This defense looks a lot different. That's true. 
But the offense was able to make it work. And it wasn't just Aaron Rodgers. Don't say Aaron Rodgers. Matt LaFleur called, you know, I would say in the second half, especially a brilliant game on this in the second quarter, that touchdown drive at the end of the half, that was a Matt LaFleur drive. It was play action. It was the end around to EQ. It was the it was the um the boot. It was the hard play action. And then you have Rodgers just making a little bit of magic. This team looked tired. They came out sluggish. The sloppy penalties. This late bye week, it has an effect. You want the late bye week because you want to be fresh going into the stretch, but this might have been a little too late for Green Bay. It it might have it might have compounded now maybe whether it, it contributed to the injuries we don't know, but it might have compounded some of the mental mistakes that were out there. What I think this does show though is a sort of mental toughness for this team, and I don't mean they're sort of mentally tough. I mean a type of mental toughness that they come out they're down, and they're down sixteen three in a flash. And, and they're able to make the plays offensively. They were able to get some stops. You know, they, they missed the touchdown. Minnesota scores. It's 16-3. to three. The Packers go three and out. Well, what does the defense do? They come back and they force a three and out to give the Packers the chance to go down and score to make it 16-10. And then the Packers get another stop. Now, the, the Vikings open the second half. They get a touchdown. It's 23-10. Brutal. Brutal is 23-10. The Packers, seven play, 75-yard touchdown. Now it's 23-17. The defense again gets a punt, and the Packers go out and take the lead. Now, Green Bay could not get that stop that they needed in the second half outside of that one punt. The Packers are, are taking the lead. The, the Vikings go down and score. Green Bay comes right back. Right back, one play, MVS. They finally find that rhythm in this game, and maybe that's something that they can unlock moving forward. That would be a terrific piece here. Devontae Adams gets going. You unlock um, uh, MVS down the field. You get one play to the tight end. That's what they need. And you got you got a good enough performance from your run game in a game where you really could not stay on schedule because you're playing from behind the entire game. I thought A.J. Dillon played a nice game in relief. 11 carries, 53 yards. That's almost five yards per carry. Had 44 yards on the ground. So you're talking about 17 touches, 97 yards. And he was a factor in the game. Was he uh, explosive like Aaron Jones? No, but he was a factor. You get Equinemius St. Brown to step up. You know, end around for 11. Catch and run for 26. I mean, he had two catches for 43 yards. You get that Josiah DeGuara play. This team is finding ways to give itself a shot to win these games. This was one where they just put themselves in too big a hole. In too big a hole with the penalties and not taking advantage of their opportunities. When you have the opportunity to pick off Kirk Cousins three times and you can't complete one, this offense is too good. This team, I told you all week, not a four and five team. They're not a four and five team. Now they have found ways to lose games, but when you're talented and this team is talented, that worm is going to turn at some point. The regression comes for us all. And it's not like Green Bay had played a bunch of close games this year and were winning them and they needed to regress. But the Vikings, they played a hell of a game, especially offensively, and they deserve a bunch of credit for that. But for the offense, we're going to talk about this in a second. To look like this against an elite defense, this is what we needed to see from this offense 
And if they can keep it going, it gives them the opportunity to have time for that defense to get a little bit healthy. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for other stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle. It's a great way to finally get all your TVs together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings you live TV on demand like never before, so you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. The best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required, and content, of course, varies by package. You know, this time of year... You're always looking for a chance to eat something delicious. Thanksgiving time, it's almost Christmas time. But sometimes you open your pantry, and especially this time of year, all you see is junk. If you're a cheese head, you probably love cheese as much as I do. And you probably love cheese as much as you love the green and gold. You know the best part of a grilled cheese sandwich is that cheese that melts off in the pan and gets crunchy? I made a hot ham and cheese the other day, and I, got, I just like, you scrape that little bit out and Right before lunch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Just the Cheese made a bar out of just that. That's why I started eating them. Just the Cheese brings you cheese, 100% cheese with no fluff or filler like you've never had it before as a salty baked snack. It's a late afternoon go-to of mine. You feel like you need something, but you don't want to go for the chips. You don't want to go for the cookies. I've always got some cookies somewhere, somewhere. And my mother-in-law also always has the cookies somewhere, so I got to be careful with that. It's the cheese and crackers without the cracker, which means without the unnecessary carbs. I love the jalapeno, the cheesy spicy combo. My wife also loves the jalapeno. No complicated recipes or almond flour that make you feel like you're eating health food. Just natural cheese baked until it's crunchy to give you that great taste of Wisconsin cheese with the crackle of a cracker. Support two Wisconsin businesses and get them at Quick Trip. So I mentioned the offense and we're getting a lot of questions in the chat on YouTube. As you can see, not at my normal spot. Um, I'm at my father-in-law's, all you Ohio State fans out there um, will appreciate that. And if you're not an Ohio State fan, if you're a Michigan fan, a Wisconsin fan, don't get mad at me. It's not my bookcase, okay? Just We're just being clear on that. Uh, and what this Packers offense did against this Vikings defense, Patrick Peterson comes back, Harrison Smith comes back. The numbers really jump out, 467 total yards. The Packers averaged 8.6 yards per play. Rodgers shook off a slow start, and really it was all in the second half because in the first half, he didn't play great. You get one drive, one drive in the the second quarter to get the game close, and that was all this team needed. They found that connection with Marquez Valdez-Gantling. He goes four for 123 and the 75-yard touchdown, the longest of his career. 372 total total passing yards, 95 rushing yards in a shootout is, is nice. They had five yards per rush in this game, and they didn't have a turnover. This offense against a, a top 10 defense, and I believe by Football Outsiders, this was the best defense the Packers have played this season, and it's not frankly close. This passing defense, I know that the personnel is not the same as we're used to, but they've been... Terrific. Eighth in DVOA this season, sixth against the pass, and seventh in weighted DVOA, so they've been playing better of late. New Orleans is actually the best defense that the Packers have played this season. They're sixth in DVOA. 
And oh, just kidding. We're doing this in real time. Arizona, number two in DVOA. The Packers played them and beat them without their guys. The offense has not looked like this this season. Has not looked like this this season. And to do it, no Alan Lazard. To do it, no Aaron Jones. No David Bakhtiari. That, I think, tells me that this team, number one, back to the mental toughness issue, the resiliency of this football team is there. And that they're going to need in December and January. You're going to need that resiliency next week if you have to start Yash Nijman against Von Miller, against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and those boys when they come to town. You're going to need that resiliency in the fourth quarter of these games. When you come back, when you have the confidence to call those shot plays with a backup, backup left tackle and and trust A.J. Dillon to, to sort out those protections. I mean, it has been a... a Just a a carousel of players in and out of the lineup. I was going to say a merry-go-round, but I was like, I don't know if that's the right metaphor, if we want to go with that. A carousel of injured players, and the Packers have found ways every week. And to do it this week, and they've done it, by the way. They scored enough to beat Arizona on a short week. No Devontae Adams, no Alan Lazard. Banged up offensive line, banged up defense. To go out and get that win. And in this game, I know they didn't get the win, but... To hang almost 500 yards of offense without your all-pro left tackle, without your starting wide receiver two, who is a critical, critical point in their blocking, in their receiving, and everything that they do, the versatility that Alan Lazard brings. To, to put up 31 points in, the, in a game where your offense was shooting itself in the foot, where it didn't play well for the whole first quarter, that tells you about the, the mental toughness of this team. Now, was the game plan perfect? No. I thought they could have played a little bit more through the run game early. I thought Aaron Rodgers played straight up bad to open this game. Jumpy in the pocket, missing receivers, missing reads. I mean, there was one play. (laughs) There was one play where the Fox broadcast pointed out Oh, everyone's covered. And they cut to the individual shots of every receiver running a route. And every receiver was open. And Rodgers dirted it. Can't do that. Can't have that. And he just didn't wasn't in a rhythm. Now, this was after that. He's in a rhythm. He's getting the ball out quickly. And then he's making those second reaction plays. The Josiah DeGuara touchdown. Second reaction. Rolling to his left. Makes a dime throw with Harrison Smith in coverage. That is a gutsy play. That was Rodgers just putting him on the table. Both of them. Put him on the table. The play to Devontae Adams. It's by time. It's by time. It's direct traffic. And throw a dart. It is on third down. When you're trying to call a timeout. Against zero pressure. Devontae Adams absolutely cooks. Mackenzie Alexander. Absolutely cooks him. And you get a touchdown off of it to take the lead. That offensively, we just hadn't seen. And so if this if this is one of those games where you lose the battle but win the war because the offense found their stride, that's a trade-off you make because there's plenty of winnable games left and you just need to get into the dance. This team especially 
You hope David Bakhtiari is coming back at some point. You hope Zadarius Smith is coming back at some point. You hope Jair Alexander is coming back at some point. And this team can, can beat most teams. Remember, Minnesota was a good team. Four and five does not reflect how good this Vikings team was. And I was telling some, some media friends, this game gave me a weird feeling. I didn't have the courage to pick the Vikings, but I just felt I felt weird about it. Gave me It gave me one of those feelings just like, you know, right in your sternum. And I was just sort of like, ugh, this is kind of, you know, and you have like a, a lot of greasy fried food and you get that feeling, right? That was the feeling that I had. I just sort of like, yeah, I don't know about this. It's just, it's just something, the, the energy felt a little off. And maybe they get up for the Rams game and that's a, that's a terrific game. This offense, I think, found something. Now, whether or not they can sustain it that's another question, and, and we'll have to see. They were not going to go 15-2, and two, probably. They, they're probably not going to go 14-3. and three. So you have to find the, the things that you can take out of this game. And to me, the big takeaway, the big takeaway, because it's the most impactful thing, offense matters more than defense, is that the offense found something against one of the best defenses in football. If you haven't tried a built Bar by now, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these things to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky, waxy, gross. Built Bar soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. When you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll actually enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. But they're low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of something that's straight up just delicious, plus so many flavors to choose from, coconut, raspberry, coconut almond, love that one, salted caramel, double chocolate. And this month, Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So check that website often. If you see one, you're like, eh, I don't like that. Check back a couple days. You'll find something that you think you're going to like. And I promise you, when you get it, you will like it. So don't miss out. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football, and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered all holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all your sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. It's not just football. They've got pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. And bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. See what they did there. One thing I want to mention before we we do some questions here in the chat. Eric Stokes uh, has played really well this season, and he continues to show up, play in, and play out as a sticky cover guy. He is one trait away from being a truly elite corner. And it is one that I frankly do not know if you can learn. Now, before I get into that a second, if he's CB2 next to Jair Alexander, doesn't really matter. He never has to develop that ball awareness if he's if he's the guy opposite Jair Alexander. Now, he's going to see plenty of balls, but you just worry about it a little less because you know what you're getting from Jair Alexander playing and play out. He is so sticky, Eric Stokes is. He 
is still struggling to find the ball consistently. And the ball on the Justin Jefferson touchdown, he's in perfect position. JJF is not open, but Stokes is not able to turn and find the ball quickly. This was a running back in high school, so he's not tracking the ball down the field. And so he was late to the cornerback position. This is something that he had time in college to do. He's a rookie. He's so many more. He has so many more fundamentally sound traits in terms of coverage responsibilities, in terms of technique. That is the one thing that he has to work on. And it's something that he's going to have to figure out. And I don't know if it's fixable. I really don't. Uh, I think his hands are pretty good. It's finding the ball and turning and finding the ball quickly is one of those things that is just not easy to do. Now, do I understand why Kevin King was out there instead of Russell Douglas? The defense started playing better when King's not out there. Kevin King just, I made the joke on Twitter. He turns like a pontoon boat. He just, he is a backup corner. Don't put him out there anymore except in dime. Just don't. He can't play. I know he was playing good football you cannot expect him to play good football all the time. All right, Casey wants to know with EQ's flashes of speed and increasing consistently, consistency, do we think he starts getting more reps? Well, if Alan Lazard continues to be out, but I like what he brings. The question is, does 12 tw- trust him? Does 12 trust him? Or does, and does, Matt LaFleur trust him? And if and if those things are, are real, then yeah, I, I like the explosive element that he brings. He is... One of the best run after catch guys on the team because of his explosiveness. He can catch and turn and go. And so I love the reverse flip, the little end around flip. I loved the play with AJ Dillon and Randall Cobb. We need to get one yard. I'd love to see them go to more of those kinds of things. So th- this um, group is versatile. Guess who we didn't see? Amari Rodgers. They don't trust Amari Rodgers right now and with good reason. He just hasn't shown anything. EQ has. And I, I think that's just the reality of the situation for the Packers. You got to play the best guys out there. I know that he's a third round pick. They really, the front office really likes him. Matt LaFleur is really excited to get him out there and find ways to get him involved. And he just has not earned uh, those reps. Uh, Andre in the chat saying Russell Douglas should have started and been in the game more. I agree. I I, I assume he's going to be the guy moving forward. I just, I, he, it seemed like that was the, the thing that he was going to be rotating with Kevin King when Kevin King was back. And then all of a sudden, Kevin King is the starter and there's no rotation and Kevin King is getting beat. Russell Douglas has to be the starter opposite Eric Stokes until Jay Alexander gets back. That just, it has to be, it has to be. And Joe Barry has been terrific this season and I think he deserves a lot of praise. I didn't think his game plan was necessarily bad. The Vikings called an awesome game. They called an awesome game, and that's just going to happen. Look, they get paid too. And I think sometimes we forget that. They came out with a great game plan. This was Pro Football Focus's number one graded offense. This was an elite offense. You need Jair Alexander against Justin Jefferson. He's outside of Devontae Adams, maybe the best receiver in football. And so when you don't have that guy, it becomes really difficult. You move him around. I mean, they, to put him in the backfield, that's something the Packers do with Devontae Adams when they can't get him open. They motion him across the formation. They run like the, the little fake split zone run and they get him in the flat 
I, pff, run that once a game. I mean, I loved when, when Sean McVay started running that same naked with the receiver coming across the formation with the receiver instead of a tight end. The Packers ran it in preseason. They ran it with Jordan Love. I don't know why they haven't run it with Aaron Rodgers. This offense is at its best with the Matt LaFleur principles at its core. Not the Aaron Rodgers offense, not the Mike McCarthy offense. And you, you get the bonus of having Aaron Rodgers to make some of those plays. That's that's where we are. And and I don't know if there is a push-pull between quarterback and coach. I don't know if, if Matt LaFleur is seeing what Sean McVay is doing in LA and is very jealous of it and wants to go to these empty formations. I don't know if it's, hey, we think we have an advantage against these corners, and so we have Aaron Rodgers and these guys, so let's go attack it. I don't know what their perspective on it is. But this offense looks the best when they are playing the Matt LaFleur version of this offense. And unfortunately, we haven't seen that consistently. It's like they forget until the second quarter that that's the, that's the team that makes this offense really uh, look the best. Trapper Ward says Barnes did not play well today. No, he didn't. And he had been playing really well. Made some really good plays and played awesome in the KC game. When you look around the league, and I think this needs to be said, when you look around the league and you see Indianapolis beating the favorite in the AFC, I mean, Buffalo, you look at all the point-based models, you know, a top FPI and, and the betting markets. Everyone loves Buffalo. They get spanked 41-15. They got destroyed in this game. Destroyed. Houston beat Tennessee. And it wasn't close. That game was not close. 22-13, that game was not even a little close. Tennessee was supposed to be the best team in the AFC if it wasn't the Bills. Now, I think the AFC just kind of sucks. But... This, this can happen if you do things like don't capitalize on turnovers and you get dumb penalties that you're not used to getting. Even if the offense plays great, and it did from the second quarter on, you can't afford to not take advantage of these situations with turnovers and you can't have these pre-snap penalties or a team that played a great game and give the Vikings credit, offensively especially, they played an awesome game. You're going to lose. I, I want to bring this up because I did think he was really good. Trapper, another great question. What did you think of Tipa? I thought he played well for being thrown in there this week. Good to mental, mental, mental player. I said his name wrong for a long time. Everyone said his name wrong for a long time. It's Naliai. Tipa Naliai. It looks like Tipa Galea. Galei. It's tough, but it's Naliai. He made a couple great plays. He was in there on the strip sack, um, had some pressures, great coverage on, I believe it was Madison in the flat. Again, this is depth. I mean, I, I, I almost tweeted during the game that this was a sort of Eric Walden game for him. The Packers are finding these guys to step up. You're going to lose some games. They were ultra competitive throughout after the first quarter. They came back and you, you're getting these guys stepping up. Now, can you, can you get healthy and get hot? They're in three. Like, let's not pretend like the sky's falling. They're in three. They're still really, really good. Really, really good. So they're in good position still. You beat the Rams and no one is going to say anything. They beat the Rams. No one is going to say anything. Get to the bye. Nine and three. And the one seed is still out there for them. And the Super Bowl is still out there for them. Elton Jenkins does not cost them the Super Bowl. It sucks if he has a torn ACL. But this team, because of the... I mean, there was... In the, at the end of the third quarter... Uh... ESPN, 
Um, Seth from ESPN, uh, he, he tweeted out the pass rush win rate. Packers had a 75% win rate and the Vikings were in the 30s. This Packers offensive line got the job done and they're going to continue to do that. You slide in Bakhtiari, you can keep JRJ, you have Josh Myers, Rice Newman has played better of late. Billy Jerner did not have his best game, but he is rock solid over there and that's going to be good enough. And they probably win this game if Darnell Savage makes one catch, if Mason Crosby makes a bunny field goal, if the Packers pounce on one fumble, if if one penalty is not called, they still they still could have won this game. So I'm not going to freak out over this. It sucks that they lost. They deserved to lose. Let's say that too. The Vikings deserved to win this game and they won it. Now the Packers played well enough in the in the second half offensively to win, but this was just the Vikings game. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes that happens. This is not week one. I don't think anyone should be like, oh, they're screwed now. Or the defense is bad now. No. It's one week against with a very banged up team. No Rashawn Gary. I don't think we can underestimate that. And the pass rush still got home. They probably get home even more frequently. Pressures turn into sacks. Ducks turn into interceptions or fumbles or sack fumbles. If you have Rashawn Gary or Zadarius Smith. All those things are true. I'm I am not I'm not worried about this team at all after this game. That said, they got to play better. The margin for error every week in the NFL is tiny and they need to go get a win next week. All right, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. Subscribe on YouTube. If you like this video, click below and let us know that you liked it. We're here every game after the game live on YouTube so you can get the podcast early. If you want the reaction, it's noon game. You don't have to wait until Monday morning to get the pod if you're watching us on YouTube doesn't have to be live, though we would love it to be live. Come watch it later. Come watch it Sunday night. Sunday night football, not a great game. Watch the podcast instead. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.